Hello, and welcome to The Home Building Hero, where we help you become the hero of your new home by providing you all the information that you need, no matter if you're building, buying, or designing your next project. We got you covered here at The Home Building Hero. Brought to you today live by the Pella Windows and Doors Studio of Wisconsin. Today's topic is eight things you cannot go back and change on your new home. Hi, I'm David Bellman, president of Bellman Homes, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Home Building Hero today. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any future content. All right, we're talking about home building and some of the main changes and features that people sometimes struggle with. Should I put it in? Should I invest the money in it? Or should I just let that go, keep my price down? And we're going to talk about those things in terms of the difficulty to change these things later. And so it's really important to consider a bunch of different factors when you're building a home. And one of which is looking at items and prioritizing them on the importance to you, but also the difficulty on ever remedying that situation in the future. So we're going to talk about certain items that a lot of people are on the fence on. Should I spend the extra money on it? Is it worth it? Is it not? And and how it relates to construction, how difficult it would be to change that item later. And my thought process on this is pretty simple. If it's something that's very difficult to change later and you kind of want it, you should probably put it in. Unless you cannot afford it in your budget, you should probably put it in because typically the average person that builds a home is going to live in that home for many years. Now, they say the average person moves their home about every eight years, but people that build their home a lot of times stay in it a little bit longer. And most people don't build a home and move in it, move out of it in two years or three years. It's just too much prep work. It's too much investment mentally, unless you're buying something that's already built and you just kind of decide to move into it. Most people, when they choose to build a home from scratch, work with a builder, start to finish, kind of want certain things and they're probably a little bit more particular. And then the other thing you need to look at when you're considering these type of things is to look at your mortgage payment. And it's hard because a lot of people, when they're building, they're looking at the bottom line. They're looking at this house is going to cost me, you know, six hundred and twenty-seven thousand dollars, and that's that's a lot of money. I wanted to spend, you know, under six hundred. Well, sometimes that extra twenty-seven thousand dollars that you might invest into the home might really make it the way you really want it. It might make you live in that home longer. It might make it more enjoyable for you. And if you look. Right now, let's say that $27,000, we're just using this as a hypothetical example, you look at that $27,000 and you calculate that out on a mortgage payment and it's only going to be a couple dollars a month at the end of the day. Heck, it might even be you know, a trip to Starbucks. One trip to Starbucks might be the difference between you having one or two really important features to you in your home. Are you willing to sacrifice that to get what you really want? Are you able to put in an extra hour at work? Or are you able to, you know, 
do your little side business and sell an extra, you know, thing on Etsy or whatever it is that you're doing to to get what you really want. Or it might even be that, you know, you sacrifice on something else uh, that is maybe something you can change later to get what you want. So we're going to go over eight things right now that you cannot go back and change on your home without massive difficulty. And we'll talk about those eight things for building a home. All right, let's get started. So the first thing that you cannot go back and change without massive difficulty is your ceiling heights. And this is something that you have to think about in terms of of two different things. First of all, your first floor ceiling height. A lot of new homes nowadays come with nine foot ceilings and that's great, but some some do not. Uh, Many builders uh, still include eight foot high ceilings. That's something you want. If you want a nine foot high first floor ceiling, you got to do it right away. And there's really no way you can go back and jack up the house and do all that. It would be massively expensive. Once it's built with you know, your ceiling height, that's what it is. And that one you cannot go back on. And it's the same thing with the foundation. The foundation, uh, typically if you're doing a poured wall, it's going to be eight foot high. If you have a builder that has a block basement, it's going to be um, closer to the the seven foot four inches somewhere in there. That is um, something you can't go back and change. And uh, when I built my home, I put a lot of nice things into it. One of the things I did not do was go with a nine foot basement. I even finished my basement right away. But what I didn't really plan on was um, all the mechanicals that I had and all the space that those mechanicals took up in my ceiling. And it was significant. And I don't have a lot of ceiling height in my lower level. And so I regret that to this day. I didn't want to spend the $4,500 or whatever it was at the time to have the nine foot ceiling. I decided that was not worth it. But every day when I hop on my treadmill or my elliptical machine in my basement and I'm nearly bumping my head on the ceiling, I'm not a tall man, by the way. Uh, I regret it. I regret it. And uh, I wouldn't have missed the the $4,500 now. I've been in my home 18 years and I, I would not have missed that. So that is definitely a number one thing, the ceiling height. Now, obviously, if you don't have a basement, you don't have to worry about the foundation height. But if you're looking at a home that has a crawl space or an option to do a full basement, again, you need to think about that very hard right away. Yes, it's going to be quite a bit of an additional cost to have a basement, but think of all that extra storage space and the usage and the ability to get to walk down there instead of crawling under something uh, to adjust a pipe or fix something. You're going to be glad you did it if you can afford to do it. All right, the second thing you cannot go back and change easily is your window locations and your window sizes. Sure, people do replacement windows all the time, and you can certainly cut into the wall, redo some of the framing, but think of all the work and adjustment that needs to be done in order to do that. I mean, you're talking about ripping siding off, you're talking about cutting into framing and reframing, you're going to be redoing drywall, you might have to move an electrical wire or two, um, you got to repaint that, uh, recock on the outside. I mean, there's a lot involved with that. And most people don't really look or focus on the window location 
or the window size of their home. And I did this too in my home. I was thinking about this the other day. I have a nice big great room. I've got plenty of windows on the back wall of that great room and and a nice view to go along with it. But I also have a nice view on the side of my home. And guess what? There's no windows on the side of my great room. We have wildlife that comes through the backyard. And a lot of times they walk around the side to the front of the home and they kind of disappear because I can't see them. And I I have a den on the side of my home as well with one little window so I can look out. I have to run out of the room and look into the den to see the animal walk across to the front yard. And it's just annoying. And it would be nice to have that extra window, that extra cross ventilation. And it's just something I overlooked, didn't even think about it. And, you know, at the time, you know, four or 500 bucks to put another window in would have been money well spent. So take a look at your window locations. Make sure that how you're going to put the home on the lot, that if you've got a nice view on the side like I did, make sure that you got a window there uh, in, in all the main rooms so that you can take advantage of it. Or if you have a, a room and uh, look at the glass size, you know, um, sometimes, you know, builders put in windows in decent spots, but sometimes they put a really small window in there and it's like, boy, you know, if I, I could switch out these two single hung windows and put a nice picture window in here, um, I have such a great view. I would have an unimpeded view. Those are things you need to think about. And it is very difficult to go back later and rip out and open up a wall and add another window. So look at your windows and then also spend some time looking at the sizes on your blueprints. You can read, most blueprints will have a number by the window and that's actually not a model number per se. Uh, It is actually the sizing of the window. So if it says, you know, 2856 means it's 28 inches wide, 56 inches high. Now you know the general size of that window. You can make, you know, pull out a tape measure, um, get some cardboard, cut it out, put it up against the wall. You can see how big that window is. And you can very easily and for a nominal cost make those windows slightly larger. You can make it a 36 inch wide window or you can make it perhaps 72 inches tall, have a higher and more glass. So consider those things because you can't really go back and change that later. The next thing that you cannot go back and change later is your room sizes. And yes, this can get somewhat expensive, but you know, if you're looking at a plan and let's say it's a, a family room again and it's it's 14 by 17, that's kind of a, a fairly standard size a lot of times for a great room. And maybe you have a 14 by 17 great room or something similar and, and you always feel like it's not big enough. Well, when you're building it, it's fairly easy to make that bigger, depending on the plan, of course. But, you know, for a couple thousand dollars, you could push that wall out. You could make that room 15 feet or 16 feet wide. Or maybe you need more length. Maybe maybe it's uh, 19 feet in length instead of the 17. And you push the back wall out two feet. Find out how much that costs. It may be worth it because you can't go back and make that room bigger later. I mean, let's say you have lots of family coming over for the holidays and things like that, and you're always packed and crammed into that room. Well, maybe that, you know, five, dollars $7,000, $10,000, whatever it is that that costs to move that out, that may be worth it. And again, look at your mortgage. Are you going to live in this home for a while? If you're going to live in the home for, you know, 20 years, that's really not going to be that big of a cost. Make the room the size that you need it, that you want it to be. 
This is the same for any room. It could be a kitchen. Uh, it could be your master bath. It could be your bedroom. It could be an office. Whatever it is, consider those room sizes. Make sure they're ample, that they're big enough, because in many cases, uh, you can make those rooms larger and uh, you can't go back and do that again. You can't get a reset on that. I can't unbuild the home. All right, the next thing that you need to consider that you can't go back and change without a lot of work is your garage size. Now, garages, people are like, well, you know, I can do an outbuilding or I can do a shed. Yeah, that's true, but the cheapest square footage to add onto a brand new home is going to be the garage. It's the most inexpensive space that you can possibly add. So my philosophy with a lot of my customers is make the garage a little bit bigger than what you think you need because you always will use that space. Especially if you have a larger lot, you will use that space for lawnmowers or um, tools or maybe down the road you pick up a new hobby or you do some woodworking or you're a motorcyclist or you're a biking enthusiast or your kids start getting a lot of outdoor toys you can always use that storage space. And it's cheaper still to make the garage a little bit bigger than it is to build a whole new outbuilding. So make your garage as big as you can afford or as big as, uh, even slightly larger than what you think you need. Maybe you don't think you need all that depth, but who knows, maybe two, three years from now, you know, you have another kid and you decide to get a big SUV and your garage isn't deep enough and now you're parking this brand new vehicle outside. Not cool. Garage space is so inexpensive compared to the rest of the home. Make it as big as you possibly can. You won't regret it. I've never had a customer in all my years of building homes come back to me and say, David, I'm so mad that you you know, told me to make my garage bigger. Every single person that I've ever told make their garage bigger has come back to me and said that was the best thing I ever did. Make your garage as big as possible. It's inexpensive. Uh, and you will not regret it. People always can use more garage space. All right, the next thing that you cannot go back and change easily, I might not make friends here with the remodelers out there, but your bathroom configuration. Yes, you can hire somebody and you can remodel your bathroom, and there's a lot of people that make a lot of money doing that, but your bathroom configuration is very difficult to change later. There's just so many parts and pieces when you think about a bathroom that it gets very expensive. If you decide down the road, yep, I don't you know, want that bathtub anymore and I want a big walk-in shower, certainly you can go in there and change it. But you're involving a lot of trades. You're potentially moving plumbing lines. You're ripping open walls to get at some of the plumbing or the electrical. It gets awfully expensive awfully quickly. So really look at that bathroom configuration and make sure that it works for you. You know, if you're debating between, oh, should I put one sink in or should I put in two? Put in the second sink right away if you think you're going to need it. Let me tell you, that is that it would be a royal pain to do later because you're, you know, at, you know, you're cutting into plumbing, you got to open it up through the floor, the wall, you've got to now connect a drain somehow. You've got now the cost of the sink, a new countertop, possibly new cabinets, and um, you know 
it, it gets expensive rather quickly. Same thing with switching out a tub uh, and turning it into a shower or vice versa. You know, try getting a tub into a finished home. <laughs> you almost have to go with a uh, multi-piece unit or a tiled unit or something like that. And uh, those get more expensive as well. So really pay attention to your bathroom configuration and make sure that you got enough space there. Think of how you're going to utilize it every day. Think of how your life might change in the next five to 10 years and integrate as much as you can into that that you want because there's a lot of people that make a lot of money and there's nothing wrong with it, but there's a lot of people that make a lot of money remodeling bathrooms to the tune of dollars $25,000, $30,000, $75,000 to do these bathroom remodels. Do it right the first time. Bathrooms are important, especially your your suite. That one's always very important. So pay attention to it and make sure that it works for you. Next thing that is really difficult to change, hard to go back and adjust, is masonry on the exterior. Masonry on the exterior may not sound like something right off the bat, but hear me out on this. If I've had people do this where they're like, okay, I'm going to take some brick off. I'm taking some stone off to reduce the cost. And masonry can be, especially in my area, it can be fairly expensive. We don't have cheap labor in the northern part of the United States here. Uh, it's more of an artisan type job. And so it is kind of expensive. But you have to look. Like, Let's say you decide I cannot afford to put stone on my home, but I might want to put stone on my home. You also need to go to the foundation person and before you build that home, make sure that they have a brick ledge. It's a two-inch ledge that the stone or the brick can rest on. And if you don't ever put that in, there's no way you can ever go back and put stone on. And it is still expensive and difficult to rip off siding and, and add masonry later to a home. It can be done but it's expensive, but you really need to have that brick ledge. The brick ledge up front doesn't cost that much money. So that might be something if you like, you know, I might I might want to put some stone here somewhere in the future, then put that brick ledge in. Um, better yet, if you think you want stone in that spot, just pay the money and put it in. Again, we talk about this. You're going to live in a home for a long time. A few extra dollars a month on your mortgage, if you can afford it, will go a long way towards eliminating that regret that you might have down the road. All right, we got two more things that you uh, cannot go back and change very easily. These are things that you might not think of. The first one happens to do with the main structure of your home, and that is adding ice and water shield under your roof. This is something most people just don't think about. They assume that they're getting some somewhere. And especially if you live in climate such like mine here in Wisconsin, where we get a bunch of snow at certain times of the year, we have some really rainy seasons, having some extra protection under your shingles, uh, adding some additional ice and water shield, especially where two roof lines meet, they call them valleys, um, or if you have a roof that connects with another roof and maybe there's a gutter that uh, is going there, putting some extra ice and water shield down under those shingles will only cost you a couple dollars a square foot to do it, and it could potentially save you 
hundreds if not thousands of dollars later if for some reason you do end up uh, getting a leak down there or in that spot. Uh, that becomes very difficult, very expensive to fix. Whereas a few extra dollars of ice and water shield under those shingles uh, could potentially eliminate that problem permanently. So ask your builder if they include ice and water shield, how much, where it's included. You can certainly add it. I would definitely add it in any you know, large um, valleys. I would add it anywhere where you have, um, you know, a roof and maybe a gutter dropping down onto another roof. Um, you can also add it along the bottom of the entire home. It's not necessarily something you have to do, but um, depending on the, the roof and the configuration and where you live, that might be money well spent and will help you uh, hopefully eliminate potential problems down the road. All right, and the last thing that you may want to add that would be very difficult to change later is your insulation in your walls. And potentially if you want spray foam insulation. Could you go back and change out the insulation in your home? Yes, you could. It would be very expensive though because you would literally have to cut uh, into you know, just about every wall uh, and rip out that insulation put in the new insulation, and then seal it back up. That would be extremely cost prohibitive. So that's not something that you're probably going to want to do. All right, so look at that. For a few extra dollars, you can bump up the insulation level in your walls. Or if you think you want spray foam, spray foam insulation isn't necessarily more energy efficient, uh, but it is more airtight. It will prevent more air infiltration, and it's also quieter. So if that's something that you think you want, put it in right away. It's only you know, a couple thousand dollars more for spray foam insulation. Again, a cup of coffee at Starbucks on your mortgage uh, would get that for you. So uh, if that's something you really want, you got to do it right away because once those walls are sealed up, there's really no turning back and it would be very difficult to go back and do that again. So there you have it. I've given you eight things you cannot go back and change easily on your new home. I hope you guys have found this episode to be super helpful. And if you're considering building, make sure that you listen to this because uh, if you know somebody that's going to be building too, share this with them because this can be very helpful information. It can get rid of a lot of regret later on. All right. Once again, I am David Bellman, president of Bellman Homes, coming to you live from the Pella Windows and Doors studios of Wisconsin. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Home Building Hero, and we'll talk to you guys very soon.